Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Homemade Ops. It is the beginning of the week, and it's going to be the 4th of July pretty soon, so that should be fun. And we have actually some really fun topics for you today. Today, we're this is going to be, we have two weeks of material for you about home buying. So we're going to be talking about, uh, uh, we have a bunch of specials for you about home buying when it comes to tips and tricks for purchases, mortgages, pitfalls that people make all the time when they go to purchase homes. And we also have some really fun special guests for the next couple weeks. All right, so let's start off with a quick, what did we watch this weekend? We're still stuck on the movies Kimberly's watching that Todd and the whole world have already seen. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they're they're good though. It's it's good visiting old movies once in a while, you know? It is, especially right now with all the drought of movies. So I watched Mrs. Doubtfire. Love it. She has not seen that, everybody. <laughs> I know. I'd seen scenes, but how did I not watch that? It's so cute. Robin Williams, like... Oh, it makes me so sad he's gone because he is such a good entertainer. He's so cute in that movie. He's, you know, he's a, he's such a powerhouse, you know, just like his, all of his acting. He's, he won an Academy Award. He's just a really, he's actually a lot more talented than people, I think, realized for the, well, he did get an Academy Award. <laughs> True. So I guess they did but, recognize it somewhat. But I think you're saying people always think of him as a comedian. Yeah. But he's also a very good dramatic actor, too. And, yeah, he's the best. It's so sad that he's gone. And I'm a little worried now. I was thinking about it when I was watching Miss Doubtfire that I think we're going to have a bit of a movie drought for a while, even after studios open up, because it takes so long to make a movie. They halted all their production. So even, yeah, theaters are opening back up, but there's just no movies. They literally stopped making movies. What are we going to do? I think they were doing like the Dark Knight again or something yeah, like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually looked at our local theaters opening soon. It was all these old movies again. It's, it's kind of fun seeing them in theaters once more. I mean, that's something that doesn't happen often. But at the same time, it's you're just thinking, wow, we don't really, we have no new material. We're going to be just watching a bunch of Sharknados. <laughs> Those kind of movies. Or the Titanic 2, which I actually, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually did watched a little bit of that <laughs> it's horrible <laughs> anyway so hopefully this drought will end soon it's uh when it comes to movies and uh hopefully COVID-19 gets underway so that way we can have some good entertainment because I think I think we've actually gone through all the material as a society I agree all right so reviewing really quickly last week we talked about lifestyle inflation and we talked about some awesome credit card tips so i've actually been going on our instagram stories and reviewing some of the topics we talk about in the podcast so that's kind of a quick bite if you just want some highlights of what we talked about check out my instagram stories and then also um check out those episodes last week if you're interested in learning about lifestyle inflation making sure your expenses don't rise with your income as well as learning responsible and doable tips you can do to manage using credit cards. Definitely. So double check those credit cards. Some of the tips that we did from last week, if you recall, uh, one of the big ones with credit cards is treat a credit card like a debit card. And if you do have one. And the second thing is if you're going to have bad spending habits, don't get one at all. So those were the two main tips that we had with credit cards. Uh, and then when it comes to inflation, just like Kimberly said, just keep those expenses low and let your income climb because that's how the rich get rich. They keep more of their money. That's how they get money in the first place. They don't spend it all. All right, so let's jump into our topic for today. Like we said, we have about a couple weeks of jam-packed information all about the home buying process, getting a mortgage, 
things you should watch out for. We hope can be really informative with a couple of very special guests that are experts in this area. So one thing that we want to mention real fast when it comes to this whole process, it's hard. It's, it's really hard. So we thought it's now time to tackle this topic, especially in the markets right now. I mean, markets are crazy. The interest rates are the lowest they've ever been. People are buying homes like crazy because the interest rates are so low. We've had a lot of reason we want to bring this up is we've had a couple of friends reach out to us and ask us in the past few weeks, you know, questions about buying homes. And we've had multiple people talk to us about it. We realized that this is something that people want to know information on. Mainly because they just don't know the process. It's You get so overwhelmed with how many people are involved. So what Kimberly and I have done in the next several days, we're going to be discussing the players involved. We're going to be talking about not just the players involved, but how they get paid, what their incentives are. And then also from there next week, we're going to talk about specifically the mortgage side of the house. So today we'll kind of give a rough outline, talk about what the uh, who the players are going to be. And then we'll start diving into some tips and tricks in more detail over the next few episodes. So number one. Here's what we're going to be talking about today. So hopefully this will help you as it would have helped us when we were first going through this whole online shebang, or at least a home buying shebang. So depending on which market you are, you might be in a seller's market or a buyer's market. What does that mean? Well, when you're in a seller's market, that means everyone is trying to buy a home. So that would be uh, so that's why it's seller's market, because sellers are having a heyday. They're like, ooh, I can charge way more than what this house is worth, and you'll actually pay for it. So that's what a seller's market is. Now, a buyer's market is just the flip. It's the opposite. So the sellers are having trouble selling homes, so that way it's going to drive costs down, because in order, because right now they have too much supply, right? They have too much supply. It'd be like if you had a room full of like 100 uh, 100 water bottles and nobody wants them. What do you do? You drop the price so you can get people to buy them. So that's typically what happens when it comes to homes as well. So when you finally decide, so we're not going to necessarily talk about the selling side today. We're, that's for another episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the buying experience. Depending on which market you're in, you may have one of the other markets. So in our market right now in Utah, it's definitely a seller's market right now. It's because a lot of people from out of state are coming to Utah because it's a because it's a great place to live. It's cheaper, cost of living is lower, and a lot of people are coming from places like California where it's really expensive. Uh, if you go down to Florida, there's also it's it depends on where you're at, but that could be a buyer's or a seller's market depending where in which location. A lot of times you'll see multiple offers on homes and people automatically putting higher than asking price because they're really trying to get the homes. So it can be pretty competitive. Right now in Utah, and this is as of June 2020, uh, homes are like on average listed for no longer than a month. That was insane when I saw that in the news. So just a month, 30 days, boom, gone. That's like selling a car. <laughs> it's insane. So if you decide to purchase a home, let's go ahead and talk about the people who are going to be involved. Now, you may not use every single one of these, but just in a typical transaction, this these are going to be the people you see. Number one, the buyer's real estate agent. So that's going to be your real estate agent who is going to represent you. Now, that's if applicable. What we mean by that is you may not need a real estate agent. They're not required. But we're going to talk about some of the pros and cons of having a real estate agent. Now, the second one is the seller. 
So seller makes sense because when it comes to the seller, you have to buy the home from somebody. So this could be either uh, this could be either an agent that you're buying a home from. It can be the owner. It could also be a company that's making the home. Seller could be a bunch of different individuals. And then we also have the, of course, the buyer, which will be you, the person who's buying the home. And then there's also the mortgage broker. So, and again, this is if applicable. You don't necessarily need a broker, but you, uh, but they're gonna be helping you get access to different financial institutions to take out loans and help you find deals. And then of course, the mortgage company. Now, a mortgage company is the actual financial institution where you're going to actually take the loan from. So your broker is going to be your bridge to the money, all right? And they're gonna get you connected to the best rates or sometimes they have deals with different financial institutions, whatever it may be. So when you take out a loan, who you're actually paying once a month is going to be the mortgage company. And then last but not least, the title company. And they're gonna just help facilitate the actual transaction when you go through the purchase of the home. So let's talk a little bit about how we can get to know the different parties involved, what they do, how you'll interact with them, and then pros and cons of the ones who are optional. So with a buyer's real estate agent, what they do is they help you, the buyer, find homes that you're interested in purchasing, obviously, and then they coordinate visits to those homes. They'll either take you to an open house or a lot of times, you know how you see those lock boxes on doors where they have keys in them? where the seller has left the house open for everyone wants to come look at it, but you have to have an agent because they'll have a special code that they can enter, get a key and let you in the house. Um, and also, let's talk about some of the pros. So like you said, legally, you don't have to have an agent, um, but they can be very useful. And here's some of the pros that we've seen. There is a lot of paperwork involved with buying a home. <laughs> stacks. A mountain. It looks yeah. kind of like a movie, you know, where you show like an overworked accountant with like stacks of paper on their desk. That's how it feels. Uh, we just, you know, refinanced our house recently and it was still for a refinance, stacks of paperwork. And it can be very confusing because, and they just tell you when you sign, go to sign the paperwork when you're buying the home, it can take usually on average two to three hours. Oh, just yeah. to sign. And that's not you reading every single document. So it's really important to have somebody who knows what's in those documents, knows what's going on. And when they look at the purchase contract with the seller, they can say, hey, this is kind of a weird clause. Like with our agent, um, he told us, hey, by the way, this is kind of a different clause in the contract that you need to watch out for. Um, this is important. We actually had a build or we had built our place and he had told us, oh, look, this says like, for example, I think we had something about timelines. Like there's no compensation if the home takes longer than it should or things like that that you need to just be aware of. So they can point out things with beefy contracts and beefy paperwork that you'd have to be a lawyer or a real estate agent to understand what it's saying in normal people terms cut through all the crap and see what's really important. And that's the important piece, normal people terms. Because <laughs> normal people are purchasing homes every day. Yes. And unless you have somebody advocating for you, it, it can be really tough. Now, if you are very savvy with paperwork when it comes to legal stuff, maybe you don't need a real estate agent. Maybe you can do it on your own. But just know it's going to be a lot of time. 
You're going to have to, if you, if you are working and working every day and you don't deal with contracts all the time, it's going to be extremely difficult for you to be up to pace with what a real estate agent can give you. So in that case, you just got to weigh and consider if you want to use one or not. Kimberly and I, we were working, we're both still working every day. So we don't have time to learn the legal jargon. Rather, we wanted to have a real estate agent help us out. And also to protect yourself. There could be a clause on page 405 that says one tiny thing that could, you know, cause you problems. And it's good to have somebody who knows. There's kind of standard contracts, I think, where they know what the agent will know what they're saying. And then they can look for things that are out of the ordinary sometimes, too. Really help protect you from something hard happening to you. I mean, it's a lot of money we're talking about. A big investment. It's not like you're buying something that's $20 where it's not that big of a deal. So it's good to protect yourself. They're also really good about knowing home values. Um, if they're a good agent, then they can look up comparable sales in the area. So, if, you know, like when we were looking around at homes with our agent, we walk in and they can let you know, like, yeah, this is actually pretty fairly priced. This is overpriced. This is underpriced. So you can know if you want to jump on it. Or they can tell you just basically if things are pretty fairly priced or um, also help you strategize on what to offer. So they can help you say, you know what, this is a pretty hot area. If you really, really want this house, you'll probably want to put a little bit more on it um, above asking price. So we have some family that have actually been looking at homes recently. And that was one of the things that their agent told them. Their agent said, so they were wanting to put a certain dollar amount on a home and they were thinking about going so far under, but because a real estate agent knew the market, they said to them, you're not going to get that if you use that offer, because this is what these homes are going for. So again, they can just give you very valuable information that you may not know. And so you're just kind of spitballing things. You're like, yeah, I can negotiate, right? Well, let me negotiate 20% off. <laughs> well, depending on the market, you might or might not be able to do that. And the agent can help you out. Yeah, you might lose your dream home, which would be really sad. <laughs> so <laughs> Definitely. So they're really good about just basically they know the market. All they're doing is looking at homes, looking at sales all day. They know what you should look for. A lot of times, too, as a bonus, they'll have access to markets or properties that you might not have access to or know about. Or sometimes you can get early access. Like a lot of time agents, especially if it's a hot market, um, the house won't even go just on the general market that you could find online. It'll They'll only tell maybe a few other agents, things like that. They're really good at finding things quickly. They do it all day, every day and pull things. That's kind of their job. So they can be really helpful, really just having the expertise of the industry. Now, another really uh, good pro before we jump into the cons here is they actually are a buffer as well between you and the seller or the seller's agent. So because if you don't know what you're doing, you can get taken advantage of. People can reach out and be like, oh, these people are new. Uh, they ask questions like this on purpose to learn about you. Hey, is this your first home? Oh, really? <laughs> so they know that you haven't had that kind of experience before and then they try to increase costs and that kind of stuff. Or they try to get you with different fees. So this is why having a knowledgeable real estate agent can be extremely valuable. Interestingly enough, I remember when we were looking at homes, we walked into one and I'd really liked it at first. It was that one I think we ended up putting an offer on too. The, yeah, the green yeah, home, I remember. I, yeah. Yes, the green home. And I walked in and I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. I really like this. I like this. And our agent said, be quiet. He's seen before where sometimes people will put cameras up in their home when they're showing it and they'll see if people really like it. Cause then if you're in the house, like, Oh my gosh, I really, really want this. I love this. It's the home that I want. And then all of a sudden they think, Oh good. Then I can play hardball with these people. Cause I know they really like the house. So he's just teaching us different strategies and kind of understanding 
um, really how to play the game. <laughs> it's kind of a game of checkers or chess a little bit. You know, not a whole lot, but a little bit. You have to kind of be prepared for those. So that is, so in our experience, we were fortunate enough to have a really good real estate agent and he helped us out a lot. Another last, uh, last pro here before we move on over to the cons. Uh, last pro, if your real estate agent has good background, even in building, for example, they can help check out the home if you're buying one that's new or even used if it is built well. So we were actually having our home built because it was one of those homes that were a pre-built unit that they were selling before they were built, that kind of thing. And uh, as we were going through it, our real estate agent luckily had that construction background and he was checking nooks and crannies and he actually pointed out things that uh, the sellers either knew about and didn't want us to know about <laughs> or uh, they didn't know about at all and we were able to get those fixed in time before we moved in. When we And also when we were looking at houses that were already built, um, it was amazing. We'd walk in a basement that was totally dry, nothing, you know, no problems with it that were obvious. And you'd say, this basement's had water damage. I'd be really careful buying this property. Things like that. And I'm like, what? How would you know that? He's like, can you see this right here? This proves it's had water damage. And I remember just being shocked. So thankfully, we had a fantastic agent who was really knowledgeable about the industry and, of course, had built before. So if you can get a great agent, they can be invaluable. So let's now talk about the cons real fast about the agent here. Now, the con is if you get a bad agent. If you, a lot of agents are really busy, especially in a seller's market because a lot of people are trying to buy up homes left and right. So when it comes to those situations, you could have a real estate agent that charges a ton and usually they get paid on the actual, uh, the transaction itself. You're not paying them out of your own pocket necessarily. Usually it's through the closing costs and fees. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But when it comes to that whole scenario, sometimes they can charge a little extra. Um, and then there might be some rules and regulations in your state that cap how much they can make. But just kind of we'll talk about that a little bit later. But when it comes to them, if they have a ton of people that they're trying to work with and they're just basically gobbling up every single client that they possibly can, they're not going to spend a whole lot of time on you. They're not going to spend a whole lot of time helping you out. Rather, you're just a number of transaction to them. So they'll give you general pointers that you can find out online and they're not truly an advocate. But when you're actually selling and you're paying them money and they're going to get paid, you want them to be your advocate. They're the ones who are going to walk you through the paperwork, show you everything, show you the potential hiccups, the problems, what the contract actually states and says, especially if you're buying from a builder. So if you're buying a home that is used, it, those there's a little bit more straightforward, but when it's a builder, they'll have us all sorts of clauses in there. Like Kimberly was talking about uh, time. If, uh, if it goes over, you, they may charge, uh, offer different fees. Like there's a whole lot of stuff. So when that comes into play, just make sure that you actually have a knowledgeable real estate agent. If you decide to use one. And uh, the other thing you want to be careful about as well, when it comes to real estate agents is you just want to make sure they're not too busy. Okay. Make sure we already kind of mentioned this, but just make sure that they can spend some specific time on you and have good experience that you feel comfortable with. So, you know, find one that you feel like is a good advocate for you that makes you feel like they're going to help you get what you want in a house. Also check reviews online on that particular person too. You want to make sure that people are giving them good reviews because, you know, they're going to say whatever in your face to get, to make, or to make you accept them as the agent. So they get paid. So make sure you check reviews, talk with people around, get their referrals, so that way you can see if they're actually good or not. One thing that helped us is we were actually referred to our agent from a friend. 
and he raved about he raved about this agent and so we really like having somebody that that we know has used an agent and had a good experience and then we know that they're um, they're going to be a good advocate for us because we've had a friend that we trust who did it. So a lot of times you can ask around and ask for somebody. You know, we've referred our agent now to that we love to family members and friends because we had such a good experience. So usually if you know somebody who's had a good experience, um, that is pretty helpful too. One last thing to note when it comes to real estate agents as well. A lot of real estate agents, uh, when they work for specific companies, focus on particular markets. So you got to be careful about that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It could be a very good thing. But just know that if you go with a particular company that has an agent for you, you may be looking at just a specific type of home. So you may not be looking at all sorts of homes all over. So just keep that in mind too. You may have specialized agents, some that are a little bit more broad. So it just depends what you're, what you're looking for. All right, so let's talk about the other person, which is the seller. So they're the ones selling the property. Shocker, shocker. <laughs> so they could always be, they could be a home builder. They could be somebody who already owns a home. Could be a company or a person. And then they could also either be selling their home on their own or they could be using a real estate agent. So either one. Not a lot to say there. Like I said, we'll do an episode about selling a home. That's a little bit of a different beast. So when it comes to buying a home from a seller, just know that the process is going to be a little bit different if the seller is a builder or if the seller is an already existing homeowner. So if they're a builder, just know that you're going to have time constraints, you're gonna have different contractual obligations. So talk with your real estate agent, know what those are clearly. We'll talk a little bit more about those in the future when we talk about the, uh, the selling side, but just know that those are some things you have to uh, watch out for. If you're buying from a previous home, so a, a homeowner that actually the home was already built, a used home. Uh, can you, do you say a used home? I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it just doesn't sound common. <laughs> it sounds kind of funny. A used home rather than a brand new home. It's all right. Sure. So if you're buying from a uh, from somebody that's already currently or where the home has already been lived in, well, just know that you want to probably. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more straightforward, but you do want to, because systems are in place, the home's already built, but you do want to check for things like water damage and those kind of issues. Okay, let's talk about person number three. That's a mortgage broker. Also one that is optional, and we mean that's not like a legal requirement or anything like that. But basically what they do is they'll prepare quotes from several different mortgage companies to find the best price. So you're not getting a mortgage directly from them. They're like a salesperson for mortgage companies. So instead of going to your bank and saying, I need a mortgage, you go to this person and say, I need a mortgage, and they'll compare a bunch of different people to it. So the benefit of using something, someone like them is they're going to compare a lot of different companies and they're going to be aggressive trying to get rates down and kind of bidding companies against each other, which is nice. They'll also uh, kind of be your liaison while they're prepare and explain your mortgage closing documents, which can be really helpful. Like I said, we're going to do a bunch of episodes next week on mortgages. We'll dive deep, more deeply into that. But basically, they're kind of your representative that helps you understand and do all the paperwork for a mortgage as well as find the best rate. And also know that with the, so with the broker and the real estate agent, they're kind of like the bridge, right? They're the bridge connecting you either to the money on the, on the financial brokerage side. And the real estate agent is your bridge to the home itself. So they are going to work hand in hand together usually because they'll be preparing the documentation, the paperwork. So you three are going to be in communication a lot, 
with your financial broker and also with your real estate agent. Uh, the other thing you need to know about when it comes to your mortgage broker, uh, so just a quick little example, they can be very useful in saving you time. Uh, when Kimberly and I were looking for uh, loans, we were thinking, hey, you know what? We'll just go directly to the source and save on some costs. So we were actually going to different banks and we were looking up different interest rates with them. And ironically enough, we actually went with the broker. <laughs> he beat them all by far. Beat them all. Like, they found a good deal. Now, of course, just like with real estate agents, you can run into some bad ones where they provide a lot of really expensive ones. It's uh, boutique. It's what I like to call them brokers that maybe have a reputation with a firm and it's just a large firm. Well, we and with those, sometimes they drive up the cost quite a bit because they're funding things like the costs that they pay for are usually going to build the building that they're working in and all that kind of stuff, all their fancy cars. So working with you got to just kind of double check. I'm not saying those are bad necessarily, but they may be more expensive. They may have more access to different Financial institutions, though, that can provide you with lower costs. It depends. So that's where you need to do your research, double-check reviews. We actually found a broker that wasn't associated with any specific firm, but they were able to really help us out and get us one of the best deals that we could find. Yeah, they're motivated to look at all these different companies and drive them to get the lowest price. It kind of helps with the competition because they're pitting a bunch of companies against each other. All right, person number four, party number four is going to be the mortgage company. So we talked about the broker, but then the mortgage company who is who you'll actually pay every month for your mortgage, who you get your mortgage from. And if you don't use a broker, maybe you just go directly to your bank, then the bank would be the mortgage company. Or there's tons of them out there. It's a lot of different options. That's who you're going to pay. Okay, and interestingly enough, they physically send the money to the seller when you purchase the house. So it's not like they're going to send you a check for like $300,000 and then you pay the seller. They just work directly with the, with the seller. And then the last party is the title company. I basically think of them, there's a lot of money flying back and forth when you buy a home. They kind of organize it all and make sure everybody gets paid. That, that's basically from my understanding what they do. <laughs> so the title company is just basically the third party that has nothing to do with anything until the very end. When you're ready to sign the check, either for your down payment, we'll talk about that next week. So when you are ready to sign your down payment and send money on over to uh, the financial institution and get all the parties paid, they're usually the ones facilitating that transaction or at least helping facilitate that transaction. So you'll be in contact with them. Now that's kind of a, an intimidating process it's because uh, it deals with wiring money and sometimes a lot of money. So Biggest wire I've ever sent. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's scary sending our down payment. And it's funny because I'm an accountant. So I approve wires at work all the time that are just massive and it's no big deal. But that wire, was, it was scary. When it's your money? <laughs> it's, it's different. It's way different. So those are all the different parties involved. So hopefully this helps you kind of just those five individuals. Now, uh, just in review, what those five are going to be, it's so it's going well six technically including you right so uh number one so the five other than you you got your buyer's real estate agent so or their uh their agent if that's applicable and then you also have the seller so the buyer's real estate agent will be your agent right the seller which will be the person selling the property or building the property uh mortgage broker and your mortgage company which is the financial institution and of course the title company so one question a lot of people ask often, and we did when we were buying our home, is how do these people get paid? Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're not working for free, and it was kind of scary. Like, am I getting a bill from somebody? What's going on? 
And so let's review just really quick how each of these people get paid and where you'll see fees coming through because everybody gets paid somehow. So for both real estate agents, if there's a buyer and a seller agent, they get paid uh, out of the home sale price. So really, if you're selling the home and you sell your home for $200,000, you don't get that full 200,000, the fees for the agents are netted out of that. So if you're a buyer, you're not paying those fees. It's coming out of the sale price of the home. So technically, you know, maybe they, the, when the seller lists their home, they expect to pay those fees. So they list it with that in mind that they're going to have fees deducted, but you're not going to be actually physically cutting a check to your real estate agent. They'll get paid out of those costs. So you will be paying that eventually because you're paying off the loan with your payments, right? But initially that's going to be coming directly from the loan and that transaction. Now, it may be different in different states, but generally speaking, that's how it's going to work. So you don't have to worry about seeing a line item on your closing costs, like real estate agent fees. That will not be included on your closing costs. So it could be different depending on the state where you live, but generally what happens is if you sell your home, like I said, for $200,000, the person who is selling it, they get $200,000 minus both the buyer and the seller real estate agent fees. Okay, mortgage broker, if applicable. So their fees are included as part of the closing costs. Um, and in addition, the mortgage company, they usually have fees too, and those will be included in your closing costs that you're going to pay. Um, plus, of course, they earn their interest every month. So, and then the last one is gonna be the title company, the one who's handling all the money, their fees are also going to be included in the closing costs. So we'll talk a lot about closing costs next week when we discuss the mortgage, but you'll wanna understand each of those people, you can ask them what their fees are. And that will be helpful for you when you're looking at costs and trying to decide who to get your mortgage from is understanding what fees everybody charges. Now, also when it comes to the title company, also know that those fees may not 100% always be in the actual closing cost too, you may have to pay them on the spot. Or if you go to your company to wire the money to over, over to the to the actual uh, title company, you may have to pay a wiring fee as well. Just know that for those three, anything really to do with a mortgage, it makes sense. Think about it this way. You're the buyer, you're getting the mortgage. So any kind of fees associated with the broker or the actual mortgage company and the title company also who's transacting the sale, you'll probably see those come through around the time of your closing and you'll wanna watch for those. And a mortgage broker or the mortgage company you're working with can help you understand that. And it's good to know before you actually buy the home, understand what those fees are and be looking for them so then you know what to anticipate and you don't feel blindsided. So just know when it comes to buying a home, it's expensive. It's not just like you're paying a loan. You're gonna be paying a lot of money up front, a lot of money, and you have to prepare for those. So on Wednesday's episode, we're gonna talk a little bit more about things to look out for, things that you should be aware of when it comes to looking for a home and making those kinds of purchases. So stay tuned. We also have a special guest coming this Friday. We have actually our real estate agent is gonna come onto the show with us. His name is Ryan Ogden, a fantastic guy. He's awesome. And uh, he's, going to, he's going to provide some Basically, some tips and tricks. We're going to ask him some questions about uh, what he does and some things and some major, major issues that he's come across that people run into when purchasing homes. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on this episode of Homemade Ops. Hopefully, this helps you understand a little bit of the home buying process. Stay tuned. We have a lot more content coming your way on this particular matter. See you on Wednesday.
The information shared on our show is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be advice. Reach out to a professional for your specific situation.